listening to Loving the Snow Life with Emma and Tennille. Tennille, our mum, and Emma, her awesome friend, share deep passion for the snow. They started the podcast together to share all their experiences with you. Between them, they have skied over 95 resorts, both held ski instructor qualifications, lived and worked in resorts, and still spent every hard-earned dollar skiing. They set their lives up around snow travel. Our houses are always Airbnb ready, and our ski bags are always packed, ready to go. We're certainly not complaining about this, are we? No way. And even better, we get to share all the experiences. Today's chat is with Josie Baff. At 19, she's our youngest female on the Australian Winter Olympic team. However, don't be fooled by her age. She is knowledgeable beyond her years and smart enough to know there is still a lot to learn. She is super chilled with an amazing attitude. Have a listen to find out how she overcomes her night before nerves and how soon everyone on the circuit will be eating Josie's snow dust when she just brings a little bit more aggression into her racing. In her words, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Make it fun. It makes it worth it. Hello, Josie. How are you going? Good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. Very exciting. Yes. So, Josie, you're in uh, Lausanne at the moment Mm -hmm. prepping for the Beijing Olympics. How exciting. Oh, it's so overwhelming. I mean, at the moment it hasn't really sunk in yet because I only found out like a few days ago that I had met the requirements, but it's very surreal to think about it. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Did you get given the uniform yet already or is there an official presentation? No, we'll get the uniform when we land in Beijing, but we're getting our um, race jerseys and everything fitted tomorrow, like finalised, which is very, very exciting. But that's going to be that's going to be weird. Yeah. Sure. yeah. How, was it, how was the phone call to your mum and dad? How'd that go? Oh, it was, I mean, they knew. They knew before, like, they, they checked in, I mean, I had these last two races in Russia where I could make what I had to make the requirements to make the team. And they, they're like, I think, I think you are going to be okay. And I was like, Oh, like, I don't know. <laughs> and then like, Oh, you've done it. And I was like, yeah. And I was just like, I mean, I was thinking about the race that day and I didn't think I had performed as best as I possibly could have. So I was like a bit like medium. So it was kind of dulled down a little bit, but then like mom and dad, are like, it's a big deal. Like be happy about it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am very happy about it. But, um, <laughs> I think it's really going to hit like when the official announcement comes out and when we go and like everything starts to get a bit closer and the preparation is a bit more intense. So Yeah. So what was the qualifying for the Olympics? I mean, everyone just thinks because you're over there and that you've been on the team and you're on the the web page (laughs) (laughs) that you've actually made the team already. But what did you have to do to make the team? Yeah. So you have to be in like the top, I think it's the top 32 snowboarders in over the last three years, usually it's two, but because of COVID, they made it three years in the point scores and you get the points from doing World Cups. And I came in last year and I did one and then there was like four left and then the, all the other girls, like a lot of them have done like three years worth of races. So I, I had a lot of catching up to do and the points just accumulate. So um, it, at first I didn't think that it was really going to be possible for me to qualify and then my coaches were like, no, like we think you can do it. And I was like, okay, this is awesome. Like this is really exciting and then at the start of this season, I, we were having like a little ba- break period between training camps and I was skateboarding and broke my elbow. And I was like, oh, I had like the biggest cry about it. I was like, oh no, like, and I kind of accepted it then. And then my coaches were like, like, we're going to, we're going to push and we think you can still do it. And I was like, oh. we can snap that elbow right in place with a couple of paddle pop yeah. sticks. <laughs> yeah, so it was like, 
<laughs> it was ridiculous. There were like three competitions left because I was going to miss the China test event. So I was like, oh, oh, like I, there's going to be a lot of pressure on these races. I think there was four. There was four actually. And the, th- the first one was very like hit and miss. It was three weeks after I had broken my, broken my arm and I did physio every day with my physio over here and it was painful, but it got better really quickly and I was very lucky with how small the break was and how quickly yeah. I was able to recover. And then when I got a good result in Montefiore, I was like sick, this wow. is awesome, and then I was back on track and, um, yeah, felt confident from then. That is really, oh, my gosh, your mom and dad must be like, are you joking? Mm. You broke your elbow. Like, not even in the race, yeah. my coach was like be careful and I was like yeah yeah like whatever oh let's honestly a coach's worst nightmare (laughs) for sure won't be doing that again anytime soon no no so so take us back to the beginning where like so when you how did you get into snowboarding well I started skiing when I was two and like my parents were both very heavily involved in the industry. Before I was born, they were going to St. Moritz in Switzerland and doing back-to-back seasons for 12 years. So I, I was wow. born into and then born in Jindabyne as well. So I was not very far away from the hills, like half an hour from both of like the main resorts, two of them anyway, in Australia. And then I dad's a snowboard coach. So I started snowboarding when I was five and both my older siblings had already started. I think maybe I started with my brother around the same. He probably did a few days before me. And then um, I loved them both and I was ski racing until like three or four years ago and uh, that was like what I wanted to do. And then I was just doing snowboarding like for competitions and I would go overseas with my dad on his snowboard camps and then I just started getting results in snowboarding and I loved it equally as much as skiing. So I I swapped. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. wow. That's not, not long ago, is it? Four years and now you're wearing the Olympic uniform for snowboarding. <laughs> no. yeah. Yeah. It, was like, it, was, it was 2018 and I got offered an end with scholarship, which is like um, the state level scholarship and they support you and they give you training and everything like that and in the gym and your nutrition, your head, like everything like that. And when I got that, I was still doing my full-time ski racing and I would go snowboarding in the morning and then my coach would drive me to Threadbow, the other resort. And then I would ski train for the rest of the day and then go back and then do gym in the afternoon. It was very hectic, but I loved it and I love both. So, yeah. Mm. yeah. It's yeah. amazing to see how committed and determined you were even back then, you know, real real champion mindset even back then. Yeah, I think being like being involved in a lot of sports growing up, that was came easy to me. And both my brother and sister were as well. I did like nippers growing up. That was a big thing for me. On Gingerbread Lake. Did you grow up in um did you grow up in Kuma or was it Jindabyne? Yeah, I've been in the same house actually pretty much my whole life. Yeah, we'd just go down to Tarthra, which is like two hours south, and we would train down there sometimes. And you just had to be partnered with them and then we'd go down for competitions and yeah, yeah, wow. I just I just spent the weekend watching my nieces and nephews at Nippers. They're um they're uh, at the Gold Coast, the surf was huge though because they got a cyclone, and I was like, "You got to swim out in that? No way!" <laughs> Crazy. I love how like you can never, you never know what it's going to be like. It's good. It, yeah, it's 
like snowboarding. <laughs> yeah. So your ski. So did you do ski across as well, or were you racing GS or slalom, or what were? You, how was the cross? Um, it was more so GS and slalom. And then every now and again, we'd have a ski ski cross race. And I mean, into schools we have ski cross and we have GS. But um, I was just doing it all. Everything I could have possibly done, I was doing. I, I loved it. Wow, it's oh, amazing, isn't it? When did you when did you decide that you wanted to do um, board across? I think board across is like kind of big, and my sister was doing it at the time, and she like was at like a kind of high level, and would go down to Hotham and do the big race down there, and you got to race heats there, and I was doing that, and then I was doing really well in it. I was just like obsessed, and I I, I loved it, and then I, I kind of just fell into it. The rest just like aligned for me. I didn't really have to think much it just like it would have been silly for me not to have chosen that path yeah yeah because you're obviously doing better in that than in skiing and so yeah when I was young in skiing like I was performing really well and like same with snowboarding like they were pretty equal like whether I'll be like winning on the podium you know wherever but they were pretty even until I was probably like 13 and 14 when skiing started dropping a little bit for me because I was going overseas and snowboarding and I wasn't focusing on just skiing like all my competitors around me and then snowboarding is just clicked. And I think they help each other. And, like, I think that's yeah. underestimated mm-hmm. how much they do help each other. But um, it's, it's yeah. good that you've also got that background in skiing, uh, that you can enjoy it for the rest of your life as well And when you have yeah. kids and things. And, yeah, it's great to have both I, of them. I didn't do one as well because, like, I think I would get bored. I mean, not bored necessarily, but I think having both as an option and not just being solely committed to one my whole life is helped yeah. me with how much I love it what, what yeah. do you think the biggest skill is that transfers from skiing to snowboarding like I think skiing has been around a lot longer than snowboarding so like when you go into like a ski racing club you learn everything about like the apex of a turn your edge control like how fast it is where you need to apply pressure and like the theory behind skiing and snowboarding and you don't get that at all in snowboarding until you're at this high level so you got coming with this understanding and you like you feel comfortable on your edge and how to go fast because being on two edges, it's it's easier to go faster and you can feel it yeah. a lot easier and, like, you know, you can adjust one leg and notice how it feels in comparison to the other. But in snowboarding, there isn't much leeway. So I think when you have that understanding, it's easier to just do it naturally. Yeah. So is your stance a little bit more forward on your snowboard than what mm-hmm. a typical snowboarder would be because you have been a skier first or no? Not really, not really. I mean, it's it's pretty similar. I, the only thing that is probably different is that I prefer stiffer boots, but that comes with people when they race anyway. And, like, yeah. people, a lot of border cross races were doing hard booting, which is. That was all yeah. we had when I started snowboarding. <laughs> <laughs> Bell and Cam, they, they both did hard booting growing up and that they say that helps them a lot in the same way that skiing has helped me and Cam was skiing as well, but, Yeah. So what equipment are you on? Um, I'm riding an Oxess snowboard. Yeah, um, that's like a newish thing. I was on Kessler when I was younger and then my sister got, I was just getting her old boards and now I'm on Belle's old boards and I love them. They're so awesome. So what boots do you ride now? Burton Supremes. Yep. So would you ever do the step in? Sorry. My, my brother really likes them. He's used them and so does my dad. They both actually, Henry thinks they're more responsive. He's That's my brother. Then normal bindings, but I'm happy with them and I don't, I don't, I think probably not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't rule them out completely, but at the moment they're still pretty new and I think the 
boot design hasn't there isn't as many options yet yeah there, I'm sure there will be <laughs> for sure I think they're just going to get better and better it's going to be creepy yeah yeah, yeah technology uh, so where have you been in the last year tell us a little bit about your travel to uh and your experiences to actually qualify for these Olympics where have you been yeah so last year in January it was just after my birthday and I got a call and like OWIA had said like we want we want you overseas and we want you to do these races and we're going to send you in like three days I was like okay <laughs> I'm bagging my stuff and then I got tonsillitis right before I had to fly out and we called them and we're like oh can she still come but tonsillitis has all the same symptoms as COVID so um <laughs> that was a big oh. no and I had to wait another two weeks before I could fly out again and then I met the team in Austria and that's when I first like started to um, mesh with them and now we have like a really good relationship and I'm definitely like in the team now it's like it's really nice but they were very welcoming and it was it was awesome we went to like we went to Georgia that was fun that was when my first world cup was and it was like a culture shock for sure it was like one of my like the physio he said it was like barley on ice that's what he called it <laughs> Georgia <laughs> wow like, um the food is really good and it's just like so random the things like we like got a horse in a cart instead of a taxi like it was so bizarre <laughs> but that it was really bizarre. how cold yeah. was it in Georgia I, I don't think it was that cold I don't know oh. freezing but maybe I'm wrong <laughs> but, but I don't remember it being too cold and then um where else did we go last I have year? heard this I have heard the skiing's good in Georgia it's been yeah, there it for was, yeah it was so random I didn't know where it was on the map at all <laughs> Anyway, just take me there. Just take me there. One of the Warwick <laughs> Millers had it in there. In yeah. The, on the Georgian skiing. Yeah. Sick. That's sick. Um, yeah. So then we went to Georgia and we went to, I'm definitely missing places. Like, you're lucky You're lucky to be around a lot of, like Stray's been in Border Cross for a really long time, haven't we? Like we have always been there from the beginning. So I guess you're surrounded by really amazing people to show you the ropes. It's so awesome. It's so good. It like I, I love it. Everyone on the team is so nice and welcoming. We have a very good relationship, like between like all the staff members and all of the athletes. We all get along really well. Like there's no Do you conflict. do your training with all the athletes or do you have to do your own specific training? Like your, what, what's your training regime? So um when we're in the off season in Jindabine, um, I train with Dico and Lambo most of the time because they're both there. And um, we go into the gym together and we work with Janina, our strength and conditioning coach. But we all have like personalized programs and, you know, you do different things that you need to work on. And we do fitness testing that tells us like what our weaknesses are and what we have to like focus on. And often they're pretty similar. Like the boys, I think they're pretty similar with what they need to work on. I'm a bit different because I'm fresh. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> You've got youth. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I didn't have a very big like background in like weight training. So I have been building my strength for a long time and it's, you know, improving very quickly, which I'm very happy about because I need it for sure. And then um, when we're over here, we all train together on snow as a team and we do everything like that as a team. And then at the moment we're doing one-on-one training with our strength and conditioning coach at the moment, who's Will, and um, we're doing like one or two sessions a day and then maybe on snow. And it's like, it depends on the program, like like speed and agility kind of stuff. Like we play games all together, like basketball and soccer and, you know, do hurdles. That's what we did today this morning. And then 
like the actual strength program we do usually personalized yeah awesome and do you like being one of the younger members of the of the team do you enjoy that I I do really like it I think I I mean I can see how people wouldn't (laughs) because like often you know people are like always like always trying to help you and you kind of feel like you baby last year it was a bit different I did I was like kind of felt like that it's like oh I'm like an outcast I don't feel like I'm really in you know and I had a lot to learn a lot to learn and I always just felt like I was like the like the dumbest not necessarily (laughs) the the least like least experienced I didn't I never knew anything I had nothing to contribute so I've I mean in that way it's like kind of weird but everyone really looks after me and they have so much wisdom that I don't have so it's a great yeah it's a good position to be in isn't it just to have all that wisdom and experience sort of around you it would be amazing you seem like you have a really good attitude towards it all too (laughs) thank you yeah Uh, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely really good for me and I think I would much prefer it this way than having to be the one just experiencing and learning it so so tell us about your t1 scholarship that's like learning physio neil far out yeah it it was really cool it was great I got to meet her and I went up to Brisbane we had coffee and it was it was really cool and she has a lot of knowledge as well and it's like different because she's not involved in the snow yeah snow world and like I felt like I could kind of teach her things it was like very reciprocated it was not just like one way so it, it was really nice and I, I loved every part of the whole scholarship it was it was the best like the support financially was incredible and everyone who I was working with was so nice and so lovely so it was really yeah, cool. I love that our, I love that we finally our winter sports is finally starting to connect with our summer sports you know and it's becoming just as important <laughs> it's really good it's I mean snow sports in Australia we definitely have like a very tight-knit community and it's really nice to see that like it's starting to get bigger and more people are starting to get involved and actually want to watch it so that's really cool yeah, yeah. It's good that it's good that it's finally getting, you know, advertised that oh yeah, you can watch it on YouTube, you know, now and it's all the um P- Patrick Jensen and Sam Tate from their para team. They've been going, "Hey, I'm racing at this time. Watch me at this time on all their Instagrams." And it's like, "This is great." <laughs> it's so good. And Snow Australia has been so good with that with their live page because you can go on there and they're advertising it and that used to net like for people to watch it, my dad last year, he would always have to go through a VPN and what through European. That's the only way you could watch it. So now that people can watch it, they are. So, I mean, it makes sense that it wasn't as big as what it should yeah. be. It'll start yeah. to grow. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's much easier to keep um, connected with all the athletes through all the yeah. social media as well and just feel like you're a lot more in touch with everything. Yeah. yeah it's very it's really good to see. Very good to see. Where do you have to go now to towards Beijing? Like, are you aiming for top eights? Are you or are you just aiming to stay healthy? And your goal is planned out now to Beijing. Yeah. So we are here for another. We're leaving on Monday, so it's Thursday at the moment. And um, so tomorrow we're going down to get our uniforms and then do a bit of like logistical kind of things in between when we can. And then we're just like trying to get like a, another good week of training in fitness training. And we've been on snow a few times. And we'll go to Austria to ride around when they have a course set up there. So we'll, you know, do start training, do run some heats and get on snow and get our feeling back for it and find out the things that we need to work on. And then there is a World Cup in Cortina, I think, around the 20th of January. Yeah. That's, that's an estimate. Um, but it could be cancelled because of the whole COVID thing and people can't be getting cases in Italy's 
last World Cups in the skiing and stuff have been getting some cases. So it could be getting cancelled for that reason, but hopefully we get to race there and then yeah. we come back and then we fly to Beijing on the 1st. Wow. So there's a little bit of secrecy around Beijing. No one's seen the course or that's what the talk is about in the media. Have you guys? Yeah. <laughs> we, we, did, we did get to, we went in um, when we came over, I think it was November or December, um, and there was a test, the test event was there. So we had a World Cup there this year and it's very similar to what the course is going to be and, you know, we find, find out a few things because it was like running a little bit slow, I think, was the feedback from the athletes. So then they changed it and... Yeah, wow. So if it runs slow, the technique comes in then, doesn't it? I mean, I think I think people were just like a bit not bored, but they just <laughs> wanted it faster. It didn't it wasn't high intensity as what it should as what it should be. So I think it, it was really good that we could have that event and they So what's your what's your favorite part of the race in the gate start on the course? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think for me, oh, it's so crazy. It all blends into one <laughs> for me. But I love the nerves that I get for it and the feeling I get around the whole thing. Not the night before. I hate those kind of nerves because my body goes so whack sometimes. It depends on like the race and what I'm thinking about. But sometimes my body goes through some weird processes of dealing with the nerves and I can't sleep or like I'm staying awake and I'm overthinking, but we're learning to deal with them. And then, so how, how do, but just, oh, sorry, interrupt you to say, how do they help you to deal with those nerves the night before? Like, is there, the coaches, how do they talk you through it? Yeah, so we do like a video analysis and then it's up to you how you want to deal with it. They're very supportive of how your individual take, because everyone has a different way of dealing with things. But I, I like to write it down and they just offer advice. Like last year I was like, oh, like I can't remember this part and they're like, I was going to sleep and I couldn't sleep. They're like, did you write it down before you go to bed so it's out of your brain? I was like, no. Mm. <laughs> I'll write it down. I'm 19. I don't use pens. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that. But we also have like a um, um, a sports psychologist, Daisy. Um, so she takes us through techniques of how we like breathing techniques and how to deal with your nerves. And we talk to her about the issues we have and how what we want to do about them. So I think we learn strategies and then you also learn how your body's going to react and then you can preempt mm. how you're going to react to that yeah. your body reacting so then you can just like learn to deal with it but yeah that's my favorite part I think well I mean night before nerves I don't like but then the nerves and the start gate and the adrenaline you get that's the part that I love and then the rest of it it's gone yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm like, I don't remember but then it comes back Awesome that you're able to harness that love of the nerves. Yeah, you you, you might as well make it your friend. This is yeah, what you're gonna do. Yeah. You have to learn. You have to you have to figure out. I mean, everyone always says they're good and they're bad. It depends on how you look at them. But I think if you weren't nervous, then for me, it wouldn't mean as much. Yeah, that's human nature. It's like, it's like you know, <laughs> you know, like you care, and I think when you care, that's when it's more fun. That's true. Then, That's true. So what about your um aggression? <laughs> Do you have a lot or you have it controlled? Like it's always a question I ask because I think, my God, I would be in there like just gritting my teeth going, I'm going to get you. But I don't know if that's the best racing technique. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get you. I think <laughs> I'll kill it. You get in the Stargate, you'll be, you'll be born. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think 
for me, it's something that I'm actually trying to work on and develop. I think I'm a little bit too friendly <laughs> and I don't want to hurt anyone. And um, that's probably one of my downfalls. I do like this thing with my wrists when I'm being too nice. This is my coach saying this. And I like flick out my wrists. So then every time he sees that, he, he knows that I'm. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. Yeah. To, to, my daughter does that and I call them her T-Rex arms when she gets on the touch football field. And I go, oh, my God, put your T-Rex arms down. You, you, you're playing, you're competing. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So I do it too and um, it's just like how I've always ridden. So it's also a habit and I just do this. But in the start when I'm doing this, I'm not using my body most of the time. And <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Get rid of your T-Rex arms. I don't want to yeah. see them in the start gate. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, that's something I'm working on and being more aggressive and um, working on, like, my presence so I'm not getting scared of other people's impre- presence but they're getting intimidated by me. Because, like, if yeah. you go through and you're overtaking someone and people just think, oh, it's Josie, like, mm. what's she going to do? Like, you can't be having that, you know? Yeah, so, exactly. I I don't want to be I don't really have that towards mm, a little bit you, you like you see the top girls and you're like oh like yeah. I'm not I would take them yeah. but you have to believe in yourself and I think that's one thing that I'm working on at the moment so I'm yes. learning towards <laughs> yeah. yeah just like big J's in the house it's not yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take on the American psyche you know <laughs> but but still stay Australian no <laughs> you, might need, you might need to start a fight beforehand so you know yeah. they see you yeah I need to like a little bit of swapping <laughs> yeah no that's definitely something that I'm working on but I mean also then in the start gate I do sometimes try and do too much so it's like it's a fine line yeah it's like sometimes I get too into it and then I'm trying to do too much that my the finesse isn't there because you have to be smooth as well to yep. make speed right like you can't just just be aggressive so yeah it's very much we haven't actually um, talked about the the course, the actual race of um, Border Cross, which mm. might be quite good for anyone who's listening, <laughs> thinking, well, I don't even know what it is. True. <laughs> but, yeah, tell us about the actual Border Cross. I think the easiest way to put it is it's BMX. If you've seen BMX, it is BMX but on snow. It's pretty much the exact same thing. So it has rollers and berms and jumps and you race three other people down the course and you have to be in the top two to progress and then hopefully at the end you can be the top one <laughs> it, it tells about your coach what what where did he come from does he travel with you everywhere or is he with you all the way to teach you and guide you at every race we have two coaches Jan and Harold and they come to every race with us and then we do course inspection some people like to do it by themselves who's been around for a while and I do it with Jan yeah. and um, we go through and you talk about the lines that you're going to take and how you think things are going to be running but there's a testing day as well for world cups where one uh, it depends like one to three girls and then usually a few more boys they test the course and they see how it's running so we can watch and then think of how our lines are going to be and what our team's approach is going to be and usually like we all stick to that and we trust the coach's words and what we think is going to work as well and this is very like collaborative on how we're going to do things and then we have a training day like it's usually one or two hours and we all train we work on things specific to the course so like when we're in a world cup we're usually not working on technique I am a little bit still but um like my teammates they've 
pretty, you know, <laughs> they're used to it. And um, you kind of just work on your specific approach for that race. And then if like there's different lines that people are taking that are working better, then we refine that that night usually. And there's yeah. like radios. That's how we communicate to each other. So how do you get, what gate do you get? Do you draw it out of a hat? Like first, second, third, fourth gate? How yeah, does that so happen? In qualifying, your, um, your bib is your seed. I think the top 16 is random on yep. which which bib you are. And then from 17 onwards is your ranking on how many points you have. For for that season, I think it's between fist points and um, World Cup points and whichever one's higher gets okay. used. Yep. But then you do the qualifying race and it's time trial and you go down by yourself and then that seeds you. So wherever you place on that day is what choice you get in gate. So if you win, you get your choice throughout the whole race. And then there's like red, green, blue and yellow bib and like that's the ranking of who gets to choose what gate. Yeah, okay. And the choice of your gate comes down to your coach during the running of the course that day, which yeah. section is so faster. Like, yeah, so you can look and, like, usually it's the middle two that are, like, the faster ones, but it depends on the course and which way, like, the first turn is going and how the course is drifting because it's usually not completely straight the whole way. Yeah. Drifts and then wherever you want to be and how it depends as well, like, individually because if you're not the best starter and you know people are going to be in front of you, then maybe you'll choose a different gate depending on where you think your position will be into that first gate. Yeah, wow. It's really technical. So yeah. what's your what's your aim to be a better starter? Um, my biggest thing is definitely the start. I mean, in training, sometimes I do some really good starts and then in my heat, in the last in the last couple of races, I, they haven't been as good and I've had to like catch up. I don't know if you saw my latest. Yeah, I was like miles behind in the beginning and then I had to catch up, which wasn't the best position for myself to be in. So I think that's the biggest thing for me is like being more agile in the start and just making sure I'm consistent so I don't sometimes do it really good and then other times not so great. Yes, you did win the 2020 Youth Olympic Gold Medals, where you are now actually. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about Um, that win and, like, can you harness that to bring it to the Olympic? I hope so. I hope hope that does pay out. But that was, like, my first proper, like, big world stage. So it was very, it was very overwhelming and there was like a lot of things going on but it was so fun I loved every part of it like I met so many new people and so many competitors and that I'm still friends with now but that race it was such nice weather it was awesome and they did a different format they do like you get points and then that's how you qualify for the semi so you end up doing more races so I had like a bit of time to warm into it and that that was a very emotional day I remember crossing the line and I was like oh my gosh like this just happened and then like I looked up and like my family was there, my friends were there and like my dad's whole team was there who I had been training with and it it was crazy. I, I was just swarmed with emotions that I had never ever felt before in my life, like a relief and oh, it was it was a lot. Love it. <laughs> I loved it. It was awesome. I loved your hat. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Good. No. My mom gave that to me and I was like, okay, I'll wear it. <laughs> That's awesome. It's going to be great to watch you compete in um, Beijing and just knowing your background now is really exciting. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm very excited about it as well. It's you've, You surrounded yourself with some amazing talent in the Australian team, so that's kind of exciting too that you can harness their energy and I'm taking your energy on board because it's 
it's definitely contagious. I love it. <laughs> it's like five o'clock in the morning here. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, yes, Josie, you got me up. I'm ready to run today. <laughs> it's been awesome. It was like, I think it was at 6 p.m. And because I'm still jet lagged from Russia. because so I got back like two, three days ago. Mid, not like 3 a.m. there, I think at the moment. So I was like, I was like laying on the couch. I was like, well, I'm really tired. Like, because Belle and I are sharing an apartment at the moment. She's like, okay, um, we need to fix this. <laughs> so like, we, put on some, we put on some good tunes and then like we set up this like really bright light in here. So it's, <laughs> there we go. That's, That's what we're missing now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really good. Everyone's really supportive of one another and it's it's really great. You're only 19, aren't you? Is that right? Am I saying uh, yeah, right? I'm right? 19 in like just under two weeks. Well, enjoy your birthday, like 19, and then you've got enough time for four more Olympics in your life. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I hope to have the longest, like, career in this as possible. It would be awesome. <laughs> Without a doubt. Without a doubt, you will. You've got an absolutely determined attitude. I'm, I can't wait to the children listen to this and hear, you know, just how committed you are and that you weren't only one sport. You actually were in different sports and then... I think that's really amazing too that you've just grabbed a whole lot of different sports and now you've funneled it into one. They all help. Like men- mentally, they're all the same, all of them. Yeah. yeah. What would be okay. your advice to the kids when they're standing there in schools? What would be your I advice? Think the thing is have fun. Like that's been my like biggest motivating source ever. My parents have always said it to me, like just make sure you're having fun. Like yeah. I think when you have fun, everything seems like it's not as hard like it, it just seems worth it all the hard work you're like you're just doing it just because you know it's, it's going to help and I think like that's the biggest thing when I'm when I'm happy and when I'm performing my best is when I'm having the most fun so well that's right yes We're, we haven't really spoken about where you train in Australia but you don't seem to have one base so you gender bond you just go to different mountain I mean I'm an ambassador at Threadbo which is incredible I love okay. Threadbo so much I love there that's by far my favorite in Australia I think I like them being steep and long because I don't like spending a long time on the chairlift I much prefer to be riding for as long um but yeah. we do train a lot at Parishal we do like early morning training there like GS and then Hotham is probably like our main border cross specific especially this year it was it was hard with all of the lockdowns and everything it was like we're training no we're not we're training no we're not mm-hmm. but um, we had a really epic course built there and it was it was super sick and it was like as close as what we could get to what we thought was going to be in Beijing. So it was it was really cool to have that course there and that experience. Yeah, amazing. lucky that Australia can do that. We've got some pretty amazing groomer drivers that can build some courses. Very lucky. We're very lucky in that way. I think it's it's super good when we can train at home and at a high level because all the other teams, they they get to go home. Between, after every race, you know, they, they go back to their families and they go back and see their dogs and whatnot. <laughs> so, like, I mean, it's really good that we can have that at home. Yeah, yeah, true. That's a whole nother level, isn't it, too, that you've got to work out too. It's like the future, you've got to, you're away from home quite a lot. So that's, I would imagine, a mental game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the longest I've been overseas now in one go. But my family did come over for Christmas. So I was very, very lucky that they could do oh, that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big challenge at your age to be away from family for so long. Yeah, like last year it didn't really bother me. I mean, it wasn't for as long, but I don't think I was emotionally in tune back then. And now, <laughs> now I like, have more emotions, so I'm like, oh, I miss them a little bit. And yeah, that happens with age. Good thing, like I like it, but. 
Yeah. I also, I also don't. <laughs> well, enjoy it while you can because your family's all going to be here doing the same thing when you get home. So just live every moment while you're over there. God, I sound like Mother Hen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for talking to us today. It's just been um, very educational and amazing. This might be a hard one for you because you go to so many places, but what is your favourite snow resort in the world? Oh, oh, for me, it would for sure have to be Mammoth Mountain in California. I I learned to snowboard there and I've been going. That's where my dad runs his camp, so I've been going pretty much every year since I was about four. Um, I haven't for the last two years and I miss it so much. I, I love that resort because in in winter the groomers are incredible and the snow is great the power runs amazing best like off-piece terrain ever and best groomers ever and then in spring like the parks are delightful they're so good and it's so much fun I always go there with like a lot of friends so that's my favorite for sure oh attached to lots of memories I love that love skiing and boarding and memories what's your dad's camps called um fast ride snowboard camps perfect (laughs) well good luck oh my gosh I can't wait to see your progress and I'll be watching on YouTube and all the channels and I will be sitting down watching the Olympics watch you walk out into the stadium very very crazy we have to drive it's going to be like such a big day for the opening ceremony but I said (laughs) we we have decided that (laughs) We're gonna go, but it's like a three-hour drive from our venue, and then you know you're waiting around three hours yeah. back. You might, you might as well, because this is it for you. You know, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like your, your cha- mean, the world is your oyster at the moment. <laughs> very true, very true. I mean, I don't think, I don't think it would outweigh it. If it, if we're racing the next day, it might be different, but we have a few days between, so it's worth it. <laughs> it certainly is. Live in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, exciting. Thank you so much, Joyce. Calling it nicknames right. now. Sorry, Josie. Um, good luck. We'll be thinking of you out there and cheering. Good luck. <laughs> good luck. Enjoy. Thanks for listening to Loving the Snow Life with Emma and Tennille. If you've learned a handy tip or two, then happy days. To catch all our episodes, subscribe on iTunes. It's free. Head over to www.lovingthesnowlife.com.au for more info and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Loving the Snow Life. If you have any suggestions for topics or guests, then email us on our website. Thanks to everyone who leaves a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to share our episodes on your social media.